0: One more time. True North
1: Church! Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of faith, community, and discovery together.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just right where you're at. If you don't mind, just lifting your hands towards heaven one more time. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. best way I can describe it I feel like I feel like there's this furnace within me and just this just this match was struck that's the best way I can describe it family there's something powerful about when you tell the Lord Lord I want I want I want you to make me good ground I whatever it is that hinders what you are trying to do in my life Lord I want you to take it and uproot it There's something powerful when you say those words to him. Whether it's in the songs that we sung earlier, I don't know if you noticed, but every song we sung is is connected, believe it or not. But it's all leading us to to a surrendering, amen? It's all leading us to a surrendering. If you're able to sit, you can sit this morning, but... During these next 21 days, I feel like God is really, he's really challenging us. He's really desiring for us to surrender some things. Amen. Amen. He's really desiring for you. I don't know what it is. And listen, most time when you hear pastors say that, oh, no, he's talking about a deep, dark sin. No, a lot of times it's not a deep, dark sin. It could just be, it could just be something that you are naturally dependent on. That he wants to say, hey, I, I can do that and more I can do that and more God is so he's so for you that you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it if he just came right down and told you how for you he was I'll Give you an example we was in Jackson yesterday and Kelsey and and, and Keenan in Marshals looking for some things and me and the other other two boys we were in the van and Cohen's like, I want a snack, I want a snack. And I'm like, I don't know if we, we didn't pack you any snacks, buddy. And he's like, I want a snack, I want gummies, I want a snack. And I'm like, so I'm searching the diaper bag. I'm just, I mean, I'm pulling out everything, just searching, hoping, hoping, got a, got a prayer, a hope and a prayer, as I say. And lo and behold, I pull out a Ziploc bag full of gummy snacks. And my, the words that come out of my mouth, I said, thank you, Jesus. And Kellen's playing his switch, he said, what, Daddy, what? And i love the fact that i can say thank you jesus it's a quick call he's like oh something's done happened we need to have that same attitude to where like okay lord what th- it's a brand new day lord what have you done what what, what are you working on what what, what just happened and i said killing god put these gummies in this diaper bag and he said huh i said buddy i have a i haven't fits the diaper bag in a hot minute I don't know when's the last time your mommy fits a diaper bag. This isn't a shot at either of us, but you know we put diapers in and we put white. That's the extent of it. What's in there? We don't. We can't remember when that was in there. And I said, buddy, whenever God had us to put these gummies in this Ziploc bag, He knew that this day, January, uh, what was yesterday, the sixth, January sixth, we was gonna be in this parking lot and your brother was gonna be screaming for a snack. And here we go. I said he didn't tell he didn't tell Daddy that. He didn't tell your mommy that. But months ago or weeks ago, whenever it was, when we put the, because we could have just put one or two, but we had a whole zip blah back. I said, and I used that moment. I said, Kellen, Jesus, he, he, he goes ahead of us, and he plans out our life. He knows the things that we need. And, Kellen, this is an example. He knew we was going to want this, and he put it in our life. God goes before us. He is the author and the finisher. You hear that word, finisher. He finishes things in your life. He originates and he finishes. Amen? Amen? One of my favorite positions in baseball is the pitcher. And to break it down specifically, I love the closer because the closer's got one job. No matter how much of a mess it is on the field, he's got one job, and that's to bring it on home for his team. Jesus, he was the closer. He went to the cross. The Bible says while we were deep in our what? Sin. While we was deep in our mess, he closed the gap. And guess what? Every day a new day of mercy. Every day the devil tries to attack. Every day the devil tries to buffet us. But the author and the finisher, he steps into our arena, which is our heart. And he closes, he shuts down every lie. He shuts down every attack of the enemy. The spirit raises up a standard and blots the enemy. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, he's here. here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you for coming this morning. It's a brand new year. The Lord's instructed me with this series, just like many series, but we're in the series called Good Ground. Somebody say, good ground. And you know, we we sang the song earlier. I know it may not, the style may not be your cup of tea or may not be your forte, but my goal is, and I I feel like my mom, because my mom would did this a lot of times as when I was a kid, she would play these songs that never were our cup of tea or forte, but when she, then she'd pull out the lyrics and she would begin to read them, preach them, and explain them. And I'm like, 30 something years later, here I am with the lyrics. But I encourage you add that song to your to your playlist. It's called Good Ground. It's by a group or by a band called Citizens. But I'm just going to read you the lyrics, and then we'll really get into we'll really get into the scriptures. Amen. Amen. But you know the verse as we sang it earlier. Give me ears to hear when you're speaking. Give me ears to hear when you're speaking. I, and I guess I should pray for this. I I hope this becomes not just a song you sing while you're working or or folding clothes or whatever. It is, but let this become your prayer. Amen but it says give me ears to hear when you're speaking give me eyes to see as you move you made these hands to use for your glory set my feet to carry your truth amen, amen. that needs to be us we need to be carrying the. Tr- we need to be carrying the truth in fact the bible says that beautiful are those beautiful are the feet of those that carry the gospel of peace amen, amen. and then the chorus literally said rain down rain down heaven come and cover this earth Reminds me as, you know, as Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Literally, we sang earlier, rain down, rain down, heaven come and cover this earth. Fall on good ground. We don't want to waste your word. And here's the part where I resonate. And I'm pretty sure you're going to resonate with it as well. But literally, it says when your truth is hard to believe in. Anybody ever had a hard time believing what God says about you? Anybody ever read the Bible and you're like, Lord, I, I see it, but, Lord, my, my life looks different. The first time I heard that, the I heard this song, when it got to that part, when your truth is hard to believe in, let our hearts be soft for receiving. I was like, I love that because therefore, therefore it took all the shame off of me because sometimes we feel shame. Sometimes the devil will throw shame when we are struggling with doubt. But Peter said it best. He said, Lord, uh, a part of me, uh, you know, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. And I love this because as we sing this, as we pray it, we're saying, we're literally saying, Lord, I I refuse to take the shame of, you know, days where it's hard to believe your truth. In fact, Lord, I'm admitting it's hard to believe your truth. Therefore, the ground, make, make it soft so you can sow your truth in. Amen. See, one of the things a farmer has to do, he's got the ground's got to be soft in order to sow the seeds. It's hard to, soft, it's hard to sow when the, when the ground is brittle and hard and, and, it, and it refuses to give. Amen? Amen? But literally fall on good ground, good ground. Make us good ground. And that's my prayer for us during this series, during this month, during this year, during for the rest of your life that you are being challenged every day. Be like, Lord, today. Lord, I thank you. Thirty-plus years later, Lord, I thank you. I'm still, I'm still praying and asking you to make me good ground for what you want to do on my job, for what you want to do in my family, for what you want to do in our household, for what you want to do in my finances, for what you want to do in this town, in this community, in, in the new marriages, in the, in the new lives. Amen? Amen? So let that be your focus. Amen. So I encourage you to add that song to your playlist, Good Ground by Citizens. If you have a Bible, we're going, to be, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be verses 1 through 9, and then we'll skip down to 18 through 23. First time in a long time. It's a long story. I won't get into it, but the first time in a long time, I have a physical Bible with me. My phone still works. You version app still works. But today, we're going to be in chapter 13, verses 1 through 9 in the CSB. If you have it, that's awesome. If you don't, that's okay. We'll still put it on the screen because God is good. Amen. 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 Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. 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 Now, one of the things before we get into it, for those that are doing the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I should have said it last week, I feel like I, I did and then got so like, ah, because my, my brain can be scattered brain but you know when it comes to the prayer and fasting for us it's not mandatory so don't feel like okay it, it, you know everybody else is fasting I guess I'll fast too no because then you're doing it out of obligation and, and Kelsey pointed out a very powerful scripture last night Hosea it sits sits. guess what God desires mercy not sacrifice so if you sacrificing just because everybody else sacrificing guess what it doesn't meet his desire therefore you sacrificing in vain and i don't know about you but i ain't about to sacrifice i ain't about to give up coffee in vain all right i'm if i'm giving up coffee and bacon and pork and chocolate and coca-cola and all that stuff if i'm giving it up oh i'm a am I'm, a, I'm gonna go in i'm gonna pray i'm gonna read some scriptures i'm because the lord knows like listen he tell He probably up there telling all of heaven listen y'all he's doing it he's doing it for us he's doing it for us all Pray my strength in the Lord, saints. Amen. But listen, God desires mercy, not sacrifice. So, you know, if you are fasting, I encourage you, don't do it because everybody else is doing it. But do it out of, out of the merciful part of your heart, amen? amen. But one of the things that, we're, uh, that we have, you can pick up on, on your way out this morning, is uh, a bookmark. And on this bookmark, it's got 21 days of prayer. And it's got the different days of the week and different things that you can be praying with us about, be praying with us about Lindsay. I thought I was going to get to pray about my own stuff. Just wait. We're going to get there. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else be desired. All, all the other stuff be added. But these are things that we are agreeing upon for this house. Amen. So we have it broke down to Sunday and Monday and all the way all the uh, throughout the week. And, you know, it's it's a reminder you know, you know, say it's a Monday, okay, Lord, here, not only do I have my desires that I'm praying for, but, you know, the body of Christ, what do we need to be uh, unified on? And it says right here, Monday, full worship team with band. So, Lindsay, how, what does that look like practically? What does that look like as you're driving to work? Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you are blessing our church with a full worship team and a band. Just that simple. Just that, you, you, you ain't praying five hours, 12 hours, and you can if you want to, but just that simple, that simple sentence, and not only saying that simple sentence, but the belief behind it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Or as you're folding clothes or as you're doing something. What? Oh, today's Wednesday. What, what, let me get that, what was it? Oh, yeah, serve team. Lord, I thank you right now, Father God, that you are increasing our serve team. You are growing them. You are increasing our greeters. And you are bringing us a security team. Lord, I thank you right now, Jesus. Lord, I, I apply my faith to it, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. And guess what the Bible says? As two or three gather together, as two or three come into agreement, he is in the midst, but also, also the more that come into agreement with it, the more we can put to flight. Amen. Amen. Is what the scripture says. So, please, I encourage you to pick that up on the way out. But also, one of the things that, I, that I'm very uh, excited about is prayer cards. Now, prayer cards. And on this prayer card, it says, how can we pray with you? And, you know, you don't have to, if you don't want to, you don't have to put your name or whatever. You can just leave it anonymous if it's something that you're like, you don't want everybody to know. But this is something that you can pick up, fill out, and then turn back in. And with it, this is something that we can be agreeing with you on. Not that we want to know your business. Not that we're just like, ah, I wonder what they desire. No, it's not that. It's a, hey, how can we agree with you? Amen. Amen. Cause it's not just about what you can help us do, but it's about what we can help you do. Amen? Yeah, amen. Cause there's some. I'm pretty sure everybody's got some things that they're like, you know, this is what I'm believing the Lord for. Amen. amen. So I encourage you definitely grab one to do at the end of service, or yeah? yeah, yeah. So definitely grab one, grab one, excuse me, and fill it out and just uh, either give it to Kelsey or give it to myself. But uh, it even has scripture on it for you to to stand upon. point. Amen. Okay, put it in the basket. There we go. You can put it in the basket. We'll have it set up for you at the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm very excited about this. I feel that that this next 21 days is going to be a game changer if you press in. Not just saying that to say it, but I really feel like that. Uh, there's very, there's been very few times where I've, I, I've fasted and I felt like this fast is going to be different. There's something that's, there's something that he's, he's birthing in me. And these 21 days, I feel like that for sure. Cause the resistance, the, the, the journey to get here. Whoo, I'm, I'm just like, ah, all right, Lord, here we go. Woke up this morning, and I'm like, is the sun up, please don't be up. All right, it starts. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, Jesus. So, how do you know? We're gonna. We're not gonna fast like the Old Testament uh, saints did. We're not gonna put mourning or we're not gonna put uh, sackcloth and ashes on our head. We're not gonna be sad about it. We're gonna smile. I mean, the Bible says that when Daniel fasted fruits and vegetables for 21 days, it didn't say that he was grieving. Oh, oh I, need, I need. No, the Bible says that he was still joyous. Amen. Amen. All right. So Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, it's the parable of the sower, and Jesus says this. On verse 13, or chapter 13, verse 1, On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Verse 3, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Verse 5, others fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. Verse 8, still others fell on good ground. There it is. Y'all thought we was just making this up. Jesus was saying it back then. Other, still others fell on good ground. Somebody say good ground and produced a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Anyone who has ears should listen. Mm, Anybody that got that, so that's everybody, right? If Jesus said anybody that's got ears should listen, that's everybody. Let's skip down to verse uh, 18 real quick. Verse 18, Jesus explains what he had said. So he says this, you talking to disciples, then listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart or her heart. This is the one sown along the path and the one sown on rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but is short lived. When pressure or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Verse 22, now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the seduction of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, there it is again, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who bears fruit and yields some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Amen? Amen. This morning we're talking about good ground for the next Few weeks we're going to be talking about becoming good ground. See, the, the seed that Jesus talks about that the farmer is sowing. Now in John fifteen, John chapter 15, he tells us who the farmer is. The great vine dresser, which is his father. Our Abba, our heavenly father, he is the farmer. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We cannot bear fruit unless we are connected to him. So therefore, what is he sowing within you? The thing, the transformation that God wants to do or sow in you is becoming by grace what God is by nature. The thing that he wants to sow in you is the very thing. It's it's us becoming by grace the very thing that God is by nature. It's us becoming more and more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I I want to give you an idea to focus on this morning. Before a farmer plants, he or she first has to identify and address all the different things that will stifle the growth. Before a farmer can plant. Before he can sow, he or she can sow. He's got to, he or she's first got to address, they got to identify and address all the different things that will stumble or stifle the growth of the seed. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Somebody say good ground. Good ground. So I'm very excited about this. I think I've said it like 12 times. Good ground, good ground, good ground. <laughs> So Jesus talks about this. We read it. But what are some of the things that, that, would, that would not allow the word to grow in you? You know, for a farmer, if he or she's got to identify or address the different things that are going to hinder the seed, a lot of times they're looking to see, okay, it, has there been, uh, has there been any, any widespread of bacteria or germs? Or the biggest thing I remember a lot of times when I, would, uh, when I was back delivering mail and I would deliver out in the county, a lot of times if a farmer had a garden— you know, a big kind, not just, you know, a little two, two by two or whatever, but a big kind. A lot of times they had the good kind of fence post. And they had cameras on the on uh, all four corners. They had lights. They had the motion sensor come on when it would get dusk and or when it would get nighttime. The lights would come on and all these different things. And they had preventative measures so animals, wild animals, couldn't come in. You know, a lot of times we see a deer in the yard. We're like, oh, look at the little deer. Or sometimes you see a deer coming across the road. You're like, oh, you know. But when a farmer sees a deer, a farmer isn't like us. We're like, oh, look at that beautiful deer. It's like, no. It sees it as a predator. It sees it as a predator. We see it as a, oh, you know. We see it with the awe. The farmer sees it as a, because the farmer knows that that deer has come to him or her to get some food that it was not allowed to get. You know, if a pharmacy's a possum, or a raccoon, or a fox, or a mountain lion—yes, they're in this area—or even a panther. Supposedly there is one. I haven't seen one, but there's enough people telling me that they—they've been dropped off years ago, and I'm like, okay, that's—it's <laughs> 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 a little too much. <laughs> but I remember—I remember as a kid one time. I don't know if I don't know if uh, I don't know if Miss Louise remembers this, but I remember as a kid one time we was coming home from somewhere, and it was—it was dark. We get all the way back to the double wide. Me, mom, and dad, and uh, mom gets a phone call, and uh, evidently there was a mountain lion or some kind of or a bobcat or something like that that had, like that was uh, in their backyard, and Jeremy had to Jeremy had to uh, scare it off with the uh, had to shoot and scare it off. Now, I don't know why they told me as a little kid. If y'all if y'all know Kellen, then you can imagine what killing. Uh, just imagine killing in the 90s. Then you got me. <laughs> For summer, I couldn't sleep that night, I'm just like, oh, where did it go? <laughs> and we didn't have internet back then, so I'm like, they like, call them back, we need to know what direction it ran off in, because we live further down, did it run our direction, or did it run Granny's direction? It's a win-lose situation. They win by going away, but what if it ran to the right, then it goes to Granny? And as a kid I'm like, then Granny's in danger, oh no, we gotta go save Granny. But if it ran to the left, then it's going to hit us. Oh, no. We're in danger. Some God, he come save us. <laughs> and I remember the next morning driving to school. Mom, you know, my mom's driving. I'm in the back wearing this little white Chrysler. And here, my nose up to the window, I'm looking at Miss Louise's house just seeing if I can see it. Is it still there? Seeing if I can see the tracks. Can't see the tracks. Don't even know what bobcat tracks look like or whatever. But I'm just <sighs> And I remember getting to school and telling my friends all about it. Hey, guess what my cousin, you know what my cousin did? <laughs> and for the next few weeks and months, and you know what? It's funny because when I started back delivering mail, or when I started delivering mail and, and, I, and I got the opportunity to deliver to granny, deliver to Louise, I found myself, like when I pulled, when I pulled in to back up, I, for some reason I had that flashback and I looked for those chats. And I'm like, what am I doing? It's done washed away. I don't even know what these chats look like. But when a farmer sees an animal like that, it sees it as a predator. Why? Because it's worked hard to develop this ground. And see, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus has done a hard work to get you where you are today. Amen. The Father, Son, and Spirit, they've done a hard work. The cross was not a small feat. The, the cross was not a small feat. Yes, Jesus, the incarnate Word of God, came into the womb of, uh, of the Virgin Mary and was born as a baby and lived, lived as a human being. He, he experienced sickness and disease. He experienced stubbing his toe. He experienced stubbing his thumb. What, all the different things that we experience, all the same things we experience, he experienced that. But also, when it came time for the cross, if it was easy, then guess what? Anybody could have done it, number one. And number two, if it was easy, he never would have been recorded in the garden saying, Lord, if, this, if there's any other way, let, somebody, let this cup pass from me. You don't say that if it's easy. You only say that when things are difficult. Lord, I, I, I need you today. Lord, Lord, I, I'm seeking you today. Lord, I need your strength. I need your encouragement. Lord, I need your, I need your inspiration. God, I, I, I need to feel you. I need to see you. I need to hear you. We don't say that when things are going smooth and, 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 and everything's good. A lot of times that's our prayer when we're confused or when we're upset, when we're lost, when we're hurt, when we're struggling. That, that's, you know, so therefore we have to understand that, okay, this garden right here, the garden that you see in the mirror, you got to understand, there's, there's been a lot of hard work done to it. And the things that we, you know, we all about, we need to, we need to reframe and say, okay, no, 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 is, is, is this something that could potentially disrupt or stifle the growth that the Lord is trying to do in me? Amen. If we break it down, you know, Jesus said in Matthew thirteen, nineteen, When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart or her heart. This is the one sown along the path. So Jesus, so we're going to break down all the different things that, that hinder growth, that hinder the word growing in you. So, number one, it was was chapter 13, verse 19, when Jesus says, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in your heart. So, if you're taking notes, you can write this inattention. Inattention is one way the devil snatches away what was sown in your heart. Inattention, which is the lack of attention or negligence. I give you an example, but Satan works overtime to keep people from giving serious attention to the word of God. It could be it could be small it could be small innocent things that we think is innocent but really it's it's strategy it could be you know the night before church he's keeping you up late because of different things different tasks different chores or whatever it is or you know got to watch the game cuz you you know you didn't get to watch the game all week and now you get to watch it or got to catch up on the news didn't get to catch up on the news or got to do this got to do all that I've been guilty of it he can put a dozen dis- different distractions around you in the service to take your mind away from the message. Oh, man, did I leave something on at the house? Is how my kid's screaming. Or, oh, man, did uh, phew, I got this going on. Or, hey, wh- where's so-and-so? How could, uh, I invited them. Let me text them and see where they at. All kind of different distractions. He may send thoughts into your mind about what you got planned tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow's Monday. So-and-so's coming back. Or or did so and so say they were off. Well, if they're off, then it's gonna be a good day. Oh, yeah. Or no, they're gonna be oh man, it's gonna be Am I off tomorrow? Oh man, the the, the truck came in, so oh, you know it's gonna be like this, or you know it's gonna be like that. Or I I I got this dude tomorrow and I don't have the money for it. All these different things. He will use any distraction that he can to to take your mind off of the word that's being that's trying to be sown in you, amen. amen. So inattention is number is is one which is he, he can only distract you so that the sound's coming out of uh, inattention, lack of attention, or negligence. Another distraction or another way, another tactic of the enemy is an inferior mindset. An inferior mindset. When you think less of yourself. Oh, We're all guilty of that. When you think less of yourself. James 1, 24, James said it best. He said, you know, the inferior mindset is that it's like, when we, it's like when a man looks or a man or woman looks into the mirror and sees their image, sees their reflection, and then turns away and forgets what they look like. He, he, he compares that to when we hear the word of God, when Jesus does something, when we experience his presence in the worship this morning. Or anytime you're worshiping or praying, when you when you get into that presence and and you see something or you hear something or he says something, does something that is unbelievable, and instead of you agreeing with it, instead you're like, ah, I I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can believe that. James says that's what it's like when we doubt the goodness of God, when we doubt what we see, hear, or feel in His presence, and we're like, ah. I don't know. James says we're like the man or woman that looks in the mirror, sees the reflection, turns away and forgets it. When we do that, Satan steals the word from our hearts before it germinates, causing us, watch us to remain trapped in unbelief. When we we do those things, Satan hey, he's got us trapped in unbelief. When we refuse to be like Lord, I grew up this way, but in your word it says something different. I, Lord, I don't know if I can believe that. I don't know if I get on with that. I don't know if I get on board with that. Andrew Womack, I remember years ago, Andrew Womack said this saying. He says, Unfortunately, we Christians in America, we don't, we don't let the Bible get in the way of what we believe. We believe what we believe. I remember the first time I heard him say that, I was like, ah. But I don't want that to be our testimony, church. I don't want the Bible to get in the way of what we believe. No, I want the Bible to dictate what what we believe. I want us beholding Jesus. I want us spending time in in his presence and beholding him face to face to determine what we see, who we see, and how we interact with people. Amen? Amen? We should be reflecting what we see. We should be reflecting who we see. Lindsay, who should we be seeing? Jesus. That's why we're doing these 21 days of prayer and fasting to where we can get back to the essentials. Amen? number two jesus said in verse 20 he said and the one sown on rocky ground this is the one who hears the word this is the person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy but because he has no roots and it is short-lived when distress or persecution comes because of the word immediately he or she falls away aka no deep roots no deep roots will cause you to not be good ground so we say inattention will cause you not to be good ground. Having an inferior mindset, thinking less of yourself, will cause you to not be good ground. But not having deep roots, that will cause you to not be good ground. Watch this. Satan will work to keep your soil shallow and batter you with hard times so that you'll fall for the lie <clears throat> for all these different things. But no deep roots. Amen? Amen. No deep roots no deep roots Whew. there's this song there's a there's a song that they sing in kids church i remember back when i was at new life and then judah and even and even down in florida they would sing it i never liked it there's truth in it but i just didn't like it or it's talking about uh we're stirring up deep deep waters, stirring up deep deep wells and i'm like when i looked at the lyrics i'm like man these are some powerful lyrics when i listen to the song i'm like but i don't like the beat i don't like that beat and a lot of times, God does that kind of work in us where the work that he's trying to do, oh, it's, it's legit. But the package that it's in, we're like, Lord, I don't like that package. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't like how that looks. I don't, I don't like how that feels. I don't like how that sounds. I don't, I, I don't like the package. Here's the problem. Are we going to allow the package to get in the way of what he's trying to do? Are we going to allow the presentation to get in the way of what he's trying to do? I remember back uh, on our honeymoon years ago. We we're in Myrtle Beach, and you know we're you know we're 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 trying trying just trying to different restaurants and stuff like that, and go to this nice and squidded restaurant. I'm like, oh, you know it was good, but i just I just felt like something was missing, and I don't know if y'all knew this about me, but I like a good Philly cheesesteak. Oh, I love me a good Philly. I can smell it now. I never smelled it until day one of the fast. <laughs> I could I can smell it. <laughs> I can smell it. It's like it's in the air. The garlic, the sizzle, I can hear it. (laughs) But I remember, I remember remember we, uh, I don't know how we found it, but we're driving, you know, driving around Myrtle Beach, and we see this little hole in the wall. And I mean, the restaurant, you look at it, you're like, I would not go in there lights The lights are blinking, not like blinking on purpose, but like they needed help, blinking You know, a little flicking and you can hear it something off Bates motel the sign crooked the 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 peeling on the covering of the I can still see it was like a faded red kind of thing, maroon whatever. awning, there you go, there's peeling and stuff. We go in there. there's few people there there's people in there eating, and it was like it was something it was like Philly something. America's Best Philly or something like that. I can't remember. But like, Philly Cheese Day was their staple. And I'm like, let's see, what, let's see what you got. You know, you put it on the sign and say, you're America's Best. And, y'all, we ate that restaurant twice, <laughs> twice during that trip. And when we came back for uh, uh, Kelsey's uncle's wedding, we made sure to eat there again. <laughs> the package, the presentation didn't look that great. But what they had once you got to the table, oh, they, they meant business. This was America's Best. And a lot of times, I, my prayer is that you don't allow the package that God has what is for you. You don't allow the package to cause you to set it aside. You don't allow the presentation to, allow, to, to influence you to set aside. Lord, I don't, I don't like the way this looks. I, I don't like the way this sounds or feels. Instead, you just humbly say, okay, Lord, I, I don't like what it looks like. But, Lord, I'm going to allow you to do what you do best anyway. Lord, I'm going, these next 21 days, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take you by the hand, and I'm going, to, I'm going to allow you to take me by the hand. I'm just going to let you lead me, lead me, and guide me. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, Lord lead, me. Lord, lead me. See, a lot of times Satan will, he'll work to keep the soil shallow and batter you with hard times so that you'll fall for the lie that the word of God is not worth the trouble. See, Jesus said, you know, we just read it in 20 and 21, that he who has roots or has no roots is short-lived, and when distress or persecution comes, because of the word, immediately he falls away when distress and persecution comes. So a lot of times the devil will try to tempt us and trick us that it's not worth the trouble. Coming to church on on a Sunday morning when it's only a few people, it's not worth the trouble. It's not worth the trouble doing this. Or it's not worth everybody else is out having fun. and you in fasting? Such and such got a deal, and you're fasting. Everybody else is, is living it up and you're and you're praying. You're believing God. You're 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 listening to only certain things or watching only certain things that's not worth the trouble. Church, let me let me remind you of something. We preached it last year, but Jesus is worth the trouble, amen. amen jesus is worth the trouble i mean if, if we could I, I i bet you if we could ask noah who spent years preparing for something that nobody ever heard of Amen. you realize it never rained on the earth when the when the when the when the fruit and the vegetables and the grass when they will receive water the water will come up from the ground it had never fallen from the ground or from the sky And the fact that Noah, who is preparing something off of a voice that nobody has physically seen for something that has never come. Jesus is worth the trouble. Amen? Amen. I'm pretty sure if we can ask Joseph, who stored up grain and food for years for a famine that had not come. But I'm pretty sure if we could ask Joseph, hey, Joseph, is Jesus worth the trouble? He would say yes. If, if we could ask David, who still honored and served and ministered to a king that wanted to kill him, I'm pretty sure if we asked David if Jesus was worth the trouble, he would say, oh, yes, he is worth the trouble. Look at your neighbor and say, guess what? Jesus is worth the trouble. Listen, you got to understand Satan will try to manipulate you into thinking your hard seasons are impossible and unbearable. But let me encourage you in those moments. Don't retreat. Dig deep. Don't retreat. You got to dig deep. When it gets hard, you got to dig deep. Don't retreat, don't go back, don't quit, don't give up, Dig deep. When things get hard, dig deep. When things get tough, dig deep. When things get unbearable, dig deep. When life feels impossible, you got to dig deep when bills feel unpayable, you got to dig deep when friends feel unforgivable, you got to dig deep when your spouse is unreasonable, you got to dig deep when your job is unimaginable, you got to dig deep, when kids act irresponsible irresponsible, you gotta dig deep when your dreams and goals feel unattainable. Church, you got to dig deep. Don't retreat, but dig deep. Amen. You got to dig deep. And guess what? These next 21 days, you are going to feel the temptation to retreat. I had it this morning. Fits in the boys' breakfast. I'm like, Lord, don't nobody know yet. Don't nobody know yet. This this food looks so good. But I had to remind myself, no, Jesus, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that if I'm, already, if I'm already this tempted this early in the game, oh, there's something great in this. There's something great that's going to come out of this. There is something great that's going to come out of you spending time with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number three, Jesus said in verse 22, he said, now the one sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. See, Satan, if he can't get you with persecution, he'll get you with the deception of wealth and prosperity. If he, can't, if, he can't, if he can't get you to give up and quit when people forsake you, when people abandon you, when people persecute you, when people make fun of you or ridicule you or lie on you. If he can't get you to throw in the towel through that, then he'll use the deceitfulness of prosperity. Lindsay, how do you know that? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, you don't have to turn there. Paul teaches us, he says that when people follow Satan, they are not dragged along against their desires, but they are given into their own ungodly desires. If he can't get you with persecution, then he'll he'll try to get you with your own godly desires. Well, hey, 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 if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You don't think Jesus desired to eat while he was fasting? If he didn't have that desire, then Satan, could, he never would have tempted him with it. You don't think that he desired to be back in heaven with, his, with, the, with the Father and the Spirit and all, and all that he had created? If, if, if you're really the Son of God, turn this kingdom into your kingdom, and you can reign it. If Satan can't get you with persecution, then he'll get you with your own ungodly desires. Watch this: Satan takes away the word by making us feel that if we hold fast to the world or to the word, we will have to give up something better. Satan likes to get you with, okay, well, if 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 we hold fast to this thing called Jesus, to the person of Jesus, if we hold fast to the word of God, then really we're missing out. He'll hit you with that FOMO, that fear of missing out. Everybody else is doing it. Look at you sitting at home. Look at you trying to be holy. Look at looking at you trying to pursue righteousness. Look at you trying not to cuss. When you know everybody else is going to go off, why don't you go off too? Look at everybody else getting while the getting's good, and you over here trying to put everybody else before yourself. Look at you missing out. Guess what? It's a lie. Amen. It is a lie. Amen. Jesus said that those that are last, they're first in the kingdom of God. Amen. They're first in the kingdom of God. And the devils, if he can't get you a persecution, then he'll manipulate and say, look at you missing out on everything that's going on. Unfortunately, in our country, Satan is prolific at this specific deceptive tactic. Are you ready? Things will go better if you don't get fanatical about Jesus. Things will get better if you don't get fanatical about Jesus, about the word of God. Things will get better if you don't get fanatical about the word of God. See, it's lies like the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth. That's what choke out the word in your life. When we give in to that, well, I, you know, I, 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 I showed up Sunday, so, you know, I just, I'm just not going to press in this week. Sunday, Sunday, we went in. Pastor Lindsay, we went in. Yeah, but what about Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Well, I I got a job or I, I got responsibilities. I got all these different things. Jesus said that if we're connected to him, there's nothing that we can do apart from him. So if those responsibilities are really so heavy, then guess what? That should be all the more reason for you to tap into the presence of God, to receive the strength to handle those responsibilities, to receive the wisdom to work that job the best way you can, to receive the wisdom and clarity to plan your marriage, to plan the budget, to plan the finances, to receive the, the, the financial uh, opportunity to, re- to, to, to pay the bills. Listen, he is our source for all things. Amen. The sooner you realize it, the less likely you're going to give in to the temptations of the devil. When you can realize that he is your source for all things. It's one of the things I find myself trying to teach our kids. Like the story I said earlier, yesterday, literally, I'm trying to teach my son that, hey, this right here, that, and he got to partake of the gummies just like his little brother got to partake of the gummies. And his daddy partook of the gummies. And I said, the reason we're doing this is because God is our source and he's planted this. The reason you have clothes on your back is because God has provided those for you. The reason you have food in the fridge is because God has provided that for you. The reason you have gas in the tank is because God has provided. I mean, we could go down the list, all the different things that God has provided, but the devil wants to make you believe the lies that the worries of today. And if you give in to them, they will choke out the word of God. They will choke out the word of God choke it out and unfortunately in the past that has been this church's testimony the word of god being choked out of the uh being choked out of us because of the worries of this age we get worried about well this got to be paid or what about this or we got to fundraise for this we got to do all these different things and unfortunately we miss it we miss it the passion and the zeal it gets choked out for the worries of keeping up appearances Ooh in this Presbyterian church but now that we know the devil's tactics how do we play offense now that we know the devil's tactics how do we play offense Lindsay what's the devil tactics we said it again just to recap of the devil tactics what he wants to do he wants to use inattention your lack of attention negligence he wants to distract you he wants to use an inferior mindset get you to believe less about yourself get you to believe that you are not created in the image of God an inferior mindset is what he was able to deceive Adam and Eve with. And you see what happened. If you believe in an inferior mindset, what's going to happen to you? What all are you going to give up? Woo! That's not in the notes. You believe less you believe that you are not created in the image of God. You believe that you're not the head in, or that you are not the head, but you're the tail. You believe that you that no, that every weapon formed against you will prosper. You believe all those things. What's going to happen? He wants to use an inferior mindset. He wants to use the stretching upon the stretching to get you. He wants to use the worries of this age. He wants to, get the, he wants to trick you with believing that, okay, if you, if you don't go all in, if you don't give 100, if you just give 99, then you won't miss out on life. Those are the devil's tactics. So now that we know his tactics, how do we play offense? In John chapter 15. Jesus gives us the answer just for time's sake. We'll do verse 4 and verse 5. Yes, please. Actually, will you put it in the Passion Translation? 4 and and 5. Jesus answers this. He says, this is how we... This is how we, uh, we play offense. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I'm the sprouting vine and you're my branches as you live in life union with me as your, there's that word again, source, fruitfulness will stream from within you but when you live separated from me you are what powerless some of y'all may know it as this abide in me and i abide in you for the branch cannot bear fruit unless it is connected to the vine jesus said it best. He said live in union with me as your source so what does that look like practically i'll close with this what does that look like practically our little family me kelsey kelly Kenyon and cohen our little family, we live in life union together. I'm just using my life as an example. I live in life union with my children. We live in life union with our children. We share meals with them, we talk to them, we partake with them, we, we do entertainment with them, we discipline them. They don't, they don't like to talk about that, but yes, we discipline them. It's a part of life. We get, we get ready together. We, we go to bed. We, we do all these different things together, together, together. We share all kind of things together. Watch us The plans that I make, it includes them. And a lot of times, I will strive for things that they desire while putting my desires on the shelf. Why? Because that's a part of doing life with them. We are to do the same with God. Share a meal with him. Fellowship with him. Spend time with him. The goals that you have, the things that you strive for on the daily, strive for His things. Strive for heavenly things. Strive to keep your mind on heavenly things, heavenly reality. Strive for His desires. That's how we do life with Him. That's how we stay in life union with Him. In fact, Jesus said it best He says, Seek my kingdom first, and then every desire that you've put on the shelf. If it's for you, I'll make sure it comes to pass. As the boy's father, I will, a lot of times I will do things that I don't, I don't care to do at all. A lot of times I will eat meals that I don't care to eat at all, but I know that this is something these boys are going to eat and not complain about. A lot of times I will go to the movie theater, and I understand why my parents did this. Now, a lot of times I will go to the movie theater. When I, well, you know, when I'm planning out my week, I'm not thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to go see." Paw Patrol? I don't want to see no Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol doesn't keep me up at night. Paw Patrol put me to sleep. (laughs) But who loves it? The ones that I'm in life union with. They desire to see this. So what do I do? I make plans so we could go see it. We will make plans so we could go see it. Why? Because I want to be a good father to them. And how much more does your heavenly father do for us now. If we're going to live in life union with Him, we need to say, Okay, Lord, what is it that you desire? Lord, what is it you desire on the job that I work? Lord, what is it that you desire uh, in, in the family that I'm in? What is it that you desire at the people uh, at the senior center? What is it that you desire with the other person I see at the other side of the gas pump? What, Lord, what do you desire? okay, Lord, I, w- I, I want to desire that too. How can, how can we make that happen? And Jesus promises that once we do that, because see, in order to do that, that means your desires, your plan, your agenda, has got to be set to the shelf. It's got to set on the side, amen? In order for you to do that, in order for you to pursue his desires, in order for you to pursue his will, you have to set your desires on the shelf. But guess what? They don't go dormant. If they're for you he'll make sure they come to fruition if they're not for you he'll make sure they don't come if they're not if they're not for you he'll make sure that because you got to think about it if it's not for you that means that it has the potential to stifle your growth a lot of times we get so upset like God I wanted this to happen I've done it before Lord I wanted this I thought it was gonna be like this when if we can if we can see in the future if we can see the, the the alternate reality of what that would have looked like, if it would have come into fruition, oh, we, we would be way much worse. And he's like, no, 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 that was going to stifle your growth. I'm trying to make you into good ground. That, that's something that will kill the seed. That's something that will choke out the seed. That's something that will cause it to fall by the wayside. That's something that that, that the birds, that the prey will come and pick up and carry off. Good Ground, we want to be good ground, amen. amen. We do the same, and the one of the ways that we do this is by spending time with the Lord, by reading, by meditating. But another way is by fasting. See, I, I researched this and I never heard this before, I never knew this. But the Hebrew word for fasting is cana or kana, and it means watch this it means to subdue or to bring low, to subdue. Or bring low. It's the scriptural word for either bringing down an enemy in combat, or subduing your own soul in an act of humility. So as we fast, if you if it's the Daniel fast that you're doing, if it's social media, if it's technology, it's whatever whatever fast that you're doing, whatever that for the next twenty one days that you are setting on the shelf and you are spending time praying and meditating and reading the the Word of God, whatever it is that you are doing, literally you are subduing. Your own flesh, your own flesh, your own flesh. In an act of humility, watch as the combination of prayer and fasting can bring powerful results. The immediate benefit of fasting is that it severs, or it serves, as an instant reminder of the reason you're fasting. Every time you feel that sharp hunger pain, or that sharp pull, or you see that commercial, and you're like, "Man, I ain't never ate at Arby's, but Arby's look good today." Every time you have that, instantly, oh, you know what? Let me pull out my version Bible app. I'm going to read me a scripture real quick. Or when you have that, just, Lord, I thank you right now, Lord. You, you, you know what I'm wrestling with. Lord, right now, Father God, I thank you. You're making me good ground. You're making me good ground. Even if that's the only sentence that you can get out, Lord, I thank you. You're making me good ground. Just if you're, in the, if you're at home, just pace around the house. Lord, I thank you. You're making me good ground. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. You're making me good ground. I, I, I guarantee you, about five minutes into it, you're going to be like, Lord, I thank you making me good ground. Oh, Jesus, I thank you making me good ground. Yes, you are making me good ground. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You're sowing seeds into this temple right here. You are sowing seeds into this garden. Lord, I thank you. You're planting for the future. Next you know, joy is going to bubble up, zeal is going to bubble up, passion is going to bubble up. And you're going to forget about whatever it is that the devil's trying to use to buffet you. Whatever it is, the devil's trying to get you to, to, to fall privy to. Amen? Amen? Fasting does not move God. It moves you. Fasting does not move God. It moves you. I didn't say this last week. I meant to, but fasting does not move God. It moves you. We're not fasting to jingle or convince God to do something. No. This is you. This is a you issue. This is a me issue. Can I, 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 I'll tell you what I told my mom last night, and I promise I'm I'm closing. But I told her, because, you know, uh, we were talking about the different things that we was going to be fasting. You know, dad said something, he's going to be fasting. And I told her, I said, listen, you know, I know everybody has their different things. I said, there's still some things I'm including on our fast, because it doesn't really bother me. I said, but the main things, oh, the Lord knows the main things. I said, the Lord knows that one thing, that when I'm working, and I only got 60 meters left, and I'm like, you can keep going, because when you get home, when you get off work, you can either go to Starbucks or you can go home and make you a cup. Keep on going, Lindsay. Keep on pressing through. And as I'm driving down 412 to the house, maybe maybe the, 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 the foot is pushing the, uh, the pedal just a little bit closer to the metal, because he can't wait to get home to make that nice cup of Javaluya. And when I sip it, and I just take it. Javaluya is what comes out, because that caffeine in that coffee, oh, it's so good. I told my mom, I said, but the Lord knows that the grip that that has on my heart, because I view, once I get that cup, I'm like, oh, it was a good day. Really? It was a good day when I first woke up because there was oxygen in my body. It was a good day because the blood was still running warm in these veins. It was a good day because there was a still roof over my head. There was still food in the fridge. It was a good day because I still had a job to go that go to I hadn't been fired I hadn't been let go I, I, I still was provided for my, I was uh, there's still kids I can kiss as I lead to go to work. it was a good day because the Lord had made it and during these 21 days there's going to be there's going to be a repentance within your boy that's going to happen to where I can view oh it's a good day not because I get this cup of coffee not because I have this release when I eat this chocolate or not because I have this when I eat this or do this no it's it's a good day because the Lord has made it that way There's going to be a shifting in you that where we get back to seeing Jesus as our source for all things. Not Google, not your finances, not your IQ, not your past experiences or not all the different things that you learn. No, Jesus is your source for all things good. James says that everything good and perfect comes from the Father of lights. Who's the Father of lights? Our Heavenly Father. And that's what the Lord wants to do during these 21 days. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to make us good ground and we'll we'll, we'll go over the series more as the weeks unfold but today's just about identifying and recognizing all the different things that stifle the growth within us amen, amen. so when you're fasting whether it's Daniel, it's a Daniel fast or it's water only or no media or no caffeine or whatever it is, for the next 21 days, you are willingly putting your daily conveniences on the altar in order to seek him and hear him more clearly. Amen? In order to do that, you're, that that's what you're doing. So don't just think, okay, I'm going without something. No, no, no. You're literally putting your flesh on the altar. You're literally saying, okay, Lord, examine this. Take whatever that doesn't need to be in, take it out. And then give me the the goodness back. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.